This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There is one other center, though, that's been putting his name out there and potentially going to make the team. And that's huge for Sweeney, that he has two centers that are young and are potentially going to fill those roles in the um in the bottom six for Beecher, maybe in the top six for Patra. But Johnny Beecher had another strong game. We talked to him after the game as well. I asked him if he feels like he made the impression that he wanted to in the preseason. And he said, yeah, he thinks that he showcased what he can do um, offensively and defensively. Scott, in your roster projection, you have him as the fourth line center, which is something that we kind of had gone back and forth about last episode. But what really clicked for me as thinking he's he's definitely ready for that role was there was one shift. He, he wears, um, he wears number 19 and Zaka wears number 18. And there was one shift where I'm like, wow, Zaka's really, he's really a strong skater. Like look at him go. And it wasn't, it wasn't Zaka. It was Beecher's Jersey was just folded where it looked like an 18 instead of a 19. And I was like, Oh my God, that's Johnny Beecher. And he looked good. Like he looked smooth and he looked strong. Yeah. And you see the difference that his speed makes not, and not just like, oh, he gets out to open ice, but gets the puck on a stick in the D zone, and he can start a breakout with his speed, with his skating. And, you know, last night you see him, he gets one chance where he just blows right through the Washington defense and ends up on a breakaway, and, and he doesn't finish, which, you know, you'd like to see him finish, but it, just to create a chance. And then that line ends up scoring when... Lauko and Lucic are doing most of the work through the neutral zone, uh, just kind of plowing ahead, keeping a bouncing puck going. And then, uh, you know, Lauko kind of taps it to Lucic, but it's Beecher driving the net, again, putting pressure on the defense, putting pressure on the goalie. And Lucic's pass form ends up deflecting off Sonny Milano's stick and going in. Um, but again, Sonny Milano's stick is in a dangerous spot because Johnny Beecher is driving hard to the net. So you see him doing a lot of good things. I think he's been good defensively. We know he would be used on the penalty kill. Um, I think he's been fine there. Jim Montgomery yesterday acknowledged that they really haven't focused a ton on the penalty kill um, in practices yet. So I know that their penalty kill has not been great this preseason. They've given up a lot of high danger chances, but they just haven't really focused on it a ton. So that'll be a project for the next week leading up to opening night. Um, but yeah, I, I liked, I liked that line that they had last night as their opening night, fourth line, which is Beecher centering Lucic and Lauko. I think uh, Beecher and Lauko had an element of speed that I think is a, is a good compliment for to, to Lucic. And I'm honestly, that kind of forces him to keep up. And Lucic and Lauko obviously can bring the physicality. And I think that also helps drag some physicality out of Beecher, who I think has made an effort to become a more physical player and use his body and, you know, 
throw a check when it's there. I don't think that comes naturally to him. So I think it's something that being around two guys that it does come pretty naturally to will help him. Um, he's won 63% of his faceoffs this preseason. That's huge. We know Jim Montgomery wants another left shot faceoff guy uh, other than Zaka and beat Beecher's that to me. So, yeah, you know, I've, I've said in the, on our last podcast that, you know, I feel like I'm higher on Patrick Brown than most people who are, you know, it seemed like they were just ready to throw him in the trash. I, I think Patrick Brown can be a useful player. I just think at this point he's been beaten out by Johnny Beecher. You know, I, I didn't think Patrick Brown had a very good game on Monday. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, just think Beecher has been better overall this preseason. So, you know, to me, yeah, like if, if you're ro- truly rolling out your best lineup, you know, one through 12, to me, Beecher's in it and Patrick Brown's not. Yeah, I think I think you just can't you can't just ignore who the best players are being in camp. If somebody plays their role their their way into a role, you should reward them. And I just feel like for years the Bruins have been a team where there's not a lot of room at the table. And when it comes to a couple of open spots, the Bruins have always leaned to the more conservative, like let's go with, you know, this the sure thing, the safer option, the veteran Tomas option. Tomas Nosik, for mm-hmm. example, over Jackson Nika. Yeah, yeah, that's an example, and and um, which, which turned out to be the right call. Worth, sure, worth mentioning. Sure. It's, no, it's true. It's true. But just like my point, and 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 for what that Bruins team was, you know, I don't disagree, but I think the Bruins need to recognize, and to their credit, I think they are, that they're at a different point in their franchise right now. They're they're turning over a new leaf. It's it's you know, you're it's the centennial season. Um, so, you know, you're celebrating the past, but a lot of this season really is about looking forward to the future and building. And, and you just, you just can't have a season where you just throw a bunch of new kids on the, on the team, because if you do, the chances are, that'll be a, a, a bad season, right? Um, that's what people call a rebuild, but what they, but they still have a lot in place right now where they can afford to be competitive while in, you know, um, having a, an infusion of, of youth where, where applicable and, Johnny Beach is a perfect example. It's like, don't settle for Patrick Brown when you can, when you have somebody who a is younger, better, more skilled and is outplaying him. So why shouldn't he, um, you see his first round talent on display with his foot speed and his tenacity. I mean, he, he's giving guys fits in a neutral zone. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's closing space. You know, he's, he's doing very swift and suave stick lifts on defensemen when they're trying to regroup and just, you know, you know, pickpocketing them and going in on a break. And quite frankly, I see more than just a four, a career fourth line center in Beecher. I think he has talent to be more higher in the lineup at, uh, in time. But, um, yeah, I, I, Scott, I think you're right. I think that the Bruins probably roll out that fourth line of Lauko, Lucic and, and Beecher. And I think that's exactly what they should do. It's worth mentioning. I also was impressed by uh, Trevor Kuntar last night as well. He kind of has a little bit of, of J- Jacob Lauko in him too, and with maybe a little bit more control. So he's somebody who I think um, is having a strong camp as well. But but not he was to- one of the transactions, however, to be um, assigned to Providence's training camp today, or yeah, I think it was this morning. 
there yeah. were a few there yeah. are a few transactions that I don't know if you wanted to get into them real quick, Scott, but um there has been cuts made, players put on waivers, guys assigned to Providence, uh Providence's training camp. Um, and those guys, Beecher and Patra, have survived all of those cuts so far. So Scott, if I think you have the list up right now if you just want to go over. Yeah. So Trevor Kuntar, Mark McLaughlin, Georgie Merkulov sent to Providence, Jason Magna placed on waivers, and then all the guys who were placed on waivers Tuesday cleared. So that's Anthony Richard up front, and then Alec Regula, Dan Renouf, Riley Walsh, Parker Weatherspoon on defense. So, so far the Bruins have not lost anyone on waivers, which isn't surprising. They haven't, you know, really waived anyone that I think would get the attention of other teams. Um, but yeah, on Kuntar, I thought he had a really strong camp and he's, this is his first full year as a pro. This was his first full training camp. So, uh, very good. And he was coming off an injury at the end of BC season last year. So, um, really impressive. I thought he brought an all out effort every, he, he only got into two games, but both games in practice, he was noticeable with his effort. Um, he let, so I mentioned he only played two games. He led the Bruins in five on five shots on goal, five on five scoring chances and five on five expected goals. Like it, it wasn't just, you know, sort of like that blind hustle where you run around with your chicken, like a chicken with your head cut off. Like he was making good things happen with that hustle and with that effort. So yeah, he's, he's he wasn't NHL ready, but he certainly made a good impression. And suddenly he, I think it's, it's to... kind of on. No, I was just going to say, suddenly, like, I think he's on your radar as like, hey, this guy might be closer to, you know, at least potentially being able to help in a call-up situation or whatever. Like, he's now somewhere on the organizational depth chart and not just like, well, we drafted him and we signed him out of BC and so we'll throw him in Providence and see what happens. Now it's like, oh, okay, like, that's that's a kid who's, you know, like, he, he knows what he's doing and you know, can potentially be a useful player down the line. I also don't know if we've had it, Bridget, you're on, you're on mute. Um, I also don't know if we've had an opportunity to, uh, to record ever since Fabian Lysel, um got, got assigned to Providence's camp. Have, do we have a chance to speak on that? We have I don't remember. No. no. Yeah. I think that happened a- after our last podcast. So no, yeah, yeah, no, so- no surprise there. We, we thought that, but. Yeah. yeah, and just the one thing I was going to say about Kuntar before my microphone would not turn on um, was that he decided not to go back to college. So he's really – he decided to bet on himself. It was time to move on to the NHL. By all accounts, Boston College is supposed to have a really good team this year, um, and his line mates are still there. I mentioned um, two other guys drafted by the Bruins that are still there. Uh, Gasso is one of them, but they um, – they, he decided to move on from college hockey and try to make the pros. And he did a, I mean, he made a lot of his opportunity when he did get a chance. So um, he, he's a tough guy. I think I mentioned this last podcast. He's, he will mix it up every once in a while in college hockey. You can't fight obviously, but he was always mixing it up after the whistle. So um, he's dropped down. Like we mentioned, just another person to consider in the depth chart. So um, to start the regular season, is it 13 forwards on the NHL roster? Most likely. I mean, you can keep a a maximum of 23 players, but 
the Bruins probably will only have enough cap space to keep 22. So I imagine that'll break down to 13 forwards, 7D, two goalies. Okay. So, and Scott, you asked us this, you asked us a rapid fire last episode about some of the bubble forwards and where we kind of think what their chances. I feel like I'm in a better place to answer that now. And I know you have an article about roster projection. So I'm just going to, I'm going to tee this up for you two and say the the 12 forwards that we, based on our conversations on and off the podcast, I think we all agree the 12 forwards that will make the opening night roster. Okay. And that would be JVR, Zaka, Pasternak, Marshan, Patra, DeBrusque, Geeky, Coyle, Frederick, Lucic, Brown, um, Lucic, Beecher, and Loco. That's 12. So that leaves Jesper Boquist, Danton Heinen, AJ Greer, Oscar Steen, Patrick Brown. Uh, those five, and I'm maybe missing a six, but those five for one spot, which would be the extra forward. Um, who do you guys feel is that is is gonna based on so far earns that 13th forward spot? Yeah. So in my, in my projection, I have it as Danton Heinen, who I think has had a good camp, has played well. Um, I think you see basically the same player you saw last time he was in Boston, which is he's not the flashiest. He's not the most physical, but he just does a lot of things right. He, he makes good hockey plays. He's a smart player. He's good defensively. He can play either in like in a 13 forward role. He can play either wing. He can move up and down the lineup a little bit, and he's never really going to look out of place. Um, I think that's kind of like an ideal player to have in that role. Um, to me, the the competition to, for me boils down to him or Boquist, who I think Boquist can do a lot of those things. He just doesn't have as much experience. I think if you go that route, you're kind of betting on Boquist maybe still having some upside. He's 24 going on 25. So he, you know, he might not be done developing. Um, but I just, I think Heinen's a better player right now. I think he's been better this preseason. So, you know, that they all have their assets, right? Like Greer has the physicality and willingness to drop the gloves, but that's kind of a duplicate of what Milan Lucic is here to do. Um, Patrick Brown provides center depth, but I think he, I think he, he'll probably clear waivers. So, you know, you can send him to Providence. Um, who else? Oh, Oscar Steen. Hey, look, credit to Oscar Steen for bringing it this camp. He's still around. He has not been sent down yet, but um, ultimately I don't know that he brings quite as much to the table, but you know, we'll see. He, he is a player who has to go on waivers if he's going to get sent down. So, and he you... was a player in the same position last after last training camp. He was he made it through all the way to the last round of cuts as well uh, last yep. training camp. So there is definitely something about his game that Montgomery likes, and that the organization does doesn't necessarily want to risk the waiver, maybe the waiver wire. Um, so he, I, but I have him outside. They did waive him last year. Did he they did. Not? He made it through, but there was definitely a conversation about, oh, we're not sure he's going to make it through waivers. Um, so he's another person that you have to take into consideration that. However, I I feel like he's one of the odd men out in your equation. Um, I have not been in, impressed by Boquist. Um, I would rather see Heinen or Greer. Um, 
Volkos is somebody they signed as a free agent, and he was kind of going to be a reclamation project for whoever brought him on because he just previously hadn't reached his ceiling. Um, but I think the the fact that Beecher and Patra both did what they did really pushed some of these guys out. Um, and he's somebody that we originally had projected in the bottom six that I no longer feel he is one of the six best players for the, that spot. So if you want to keep it heavy and keep Greer, who already has been with the team, uh, or if you want to go with Heinen, who even though it was a while ago, uh, he's been with the team and also played for Montgomery in the past. Like those seem like the safer bets to me. Yeah. Uh, what you said is exactly right, Bridget. The, uh, the emergence of, of, of Patra and Beecher, quite frankly, I just think they've forced um, their, their, their way into two roster spots that I think the Bruins probably expected to be available for Boquist or Heinen when they brought him in on a PTO and Boquist as a free agent. Um, and then, you know, then you have AJ Greer as like your 13th forward. Like I, you have, you have, you have, you have two guys. I think that the Bruins penciled in, in their top 13 forwards until Patra and Beecher just took those roles. And again, it's speculative at this point because we don't know for sure, but based on what we've seen and, and just, you know, our intuition and what everybody's talking about and everybody's watching the same games that we are. Um, and that, and that, and, and that to me is awesome. Like that is so great to see because you're watching two homegrown talents and draft picks force their way onto, onto the NHL club, as opposed to, you know, free agents and PTOs. Like this is great to see. Um, and so it's going to be a very fun, fun season. Like all of a sudden, like there's just, there was a lot of intrigue with this Bruins team, especially up front going into this year. And it was kind of like, well, you know, they're good in the back end, they're good in goal and they have enough up front to stay in the mix, but scoring might be a struggle. And, and and I'm not trying to put too much pressure on Patra and Beecher on this team, but there's just a ceiling there that if they could potentially get close to reaching that, or it's just everybody, there's a butterfly effect of people falling into place now. And um, I can't wait to watch it. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I think, I think the Bruins, I think they have, I guess in full disclosure, I agree with you guys on, uh, on Heinen. Um, I didn't, I don't know if I said that, but um, there's a lot of familiarity there. I think, you know, he has more versatility than Greer up and down the lineup, obviously. And yeah, Boquist has done the opposite of, of Patra. Like Patra, like he's forced you to keep him here. And Boquist just hasn't. And um, so I think I think he's probably the odd man out along with potentially Greer. I think Heinen might be that guy. I think we're all on the same page there. Yeah, you know, it's like you think about it, it's like, well, the Bruins signed Boquist to an NHL contract while Danton Heinen was still available, right? Like they didn't sign Heinen. They end up bringing him on a PTO. But then you just watch him, and it's like like Jack Edwards made a comment during last night's game, and he was like, like I think it was that it was after like a good offensive zone shift Heinen had. Um, and he was like, How could he not make the team? Something along those lines. And Brick said something to the effect of like, Well, he's clearly an NHL player. Like he's done it. He's played all over the lineup on multiple good teams. And it's like, yeah, true. Like 
I don't know why he was still a free agent. I don't know why no one signed him. But you put him out there, and it's like, oh, yeah, like he could fit in any team's bottom six anywhere. And to me, it sort of almost just feels like overthinking it to, you know, like to look at Boquist and be like, well, his upside and, you know, because he's a better skater, like Boquist does bring bring some speed. I don't I don't know that he always uses that speed effectively from what I've seen this preseason, but like I see the appeal, but it just kind of feels like overthinking it almost like you're you're hoping that Boquist, you know, can be Heinen or maybe something slightly better, but it's like or you can just pick Heinen and you know exactly what he is. And he has an edge, right? I, Heinen has the edge of of having a relationship previously with Jim Montgomery. So if if it goes to the final stage and, of okay, and we have two things. Yeah, and a relationship previously with Charlie Coyle. So yeah, I mean he, he's got the upper hand there. Charlie Coyle, Jim Montgomery, and you know, and another you know handful plus of Bruins who were on the team when he was back on the Bruins. So there's you know, and and, and that's why also maybe AJ Greer is, has a leg up on on Boquist because if the Bruins have to send a guy away, you're either sending away Heinen who has those relationships, Greer who has those relationships or Boquist who has none of them. Right. So uh, outside of their performances. um, Yeah. And Greer is well liked in like in the locker room. um, Just putting that out there as well as something that like one of the intangibles that could be working in his favor. um, Besides the fact that he's also willing to fight whenever, whenever you know, it needs to be done. Um, yeah, he Greer would be if they do end up waving Greer. Like it'll be interesting, interesting to see if he clears or not because I think he could. I mean, first off, there just aren't a lot of guys getting claimed off waivers in general because everyone kind of has their roster and no one has cap space. But I could see someone looking at him and saying, you know, hey, he played sixty-one games on the greatest regular season team ever. You know, our team could use some toughness and all of a sudden someone claims him. He's also, A.J. Greer is actually, because he signed his contract before last season for the league minimum and the league minimum went up, he's actually making below league minimum right now. So um, it's it's not, I think it's like a $12,000 difference or something, but he's literally like as cheap as you can possibly get. Yeah, so that makes him a target to be grabbed and maybe a reason why you don't wave them and 